hello and welcome in again to the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harland, special bunker edition. This is Brian Brown, your co-host. And as I promised last time, we are going to get to part two of Mike's special interview with Kirk Kirkland, a licensed professional counselor at Judson Baptist Church here in Nashville, also a musician and worship leader. And we're going to talk about the mental health factor of what's going on uh, with this coronavirus crisis. So we've backed up the tape just a little bit so you can get back into the conversation uh, that Kirk and Mike were having last week that was so rich. We hope you guys enjoyed this and we thank you again for joining us on the Worship Life Podcast. Here's Kirk and Mike right now. I want to show you, I want to, I want to call out an example of the very thing you just talked about. And, and I got this year, I heard this years ago from a preacher named Chuck Swindoll. He's pretty good. You oh, man. Check him out. No joke. Um, years ago, I heard him preach a sermon about this. And, and ever since I've dug into this story to try to understand it better, better for myself. But the God put it in Elijah's heart to go to the king and to say to him, to his face, it's not going to rain. Mm. And, and then the Lord led him to the brook to wait at the brook. And of course, the beautiful story there in First Kings, the ravens come and they feed him. Mm-hmm. But you keep reading that chapter. A year later, after Elijah had prayed that it wouldn't rain, and Elijah prayed, God, don't let it rain. And he was prompted by God to do that, to pray that prayer. And God answered it and brought the famine. A year later, the brook dries up. Mm. Well, the brook, the reason the brook dried up is because he had prayed it wouldn't rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hadn't rained in a year. Right. And, and, and the point that Swindoll made so many years ago that's just grabbed my attention, and it's a perfect biblical example of what you just said. The, the brook drying up was the answer to the prayer Elijah prayed the year before that it wouldn't rain. Oh, wow. Right. So, so think about all the churches that are praying, God, bring revival, revival, revival. Yes. Would you revive our church? Would you revive our land? And then, and then this calamity has hit us. Yeah. And, and what the person of faith can see and can say with confidence is these are not isolated events. Right. That the prayer of God's people asking him to move and the calamity that the world is facing are directly correlated with each other. Now, I, I, got, I have another. I know you're the guest, but, but you've, you've stirred me here, so I've got to keep going. Yeah. So I have a personal story of God doing this in, our, in my life. Mm. Many years ago, Teresa and I were celebrating our 15th wedding anniversary, and we went on a little bit of a marriage retreat. And in that marriage retreat, we just kind of reset. We said, we've been married 15 years, and it's been good. What would it take for it to be great? Mm. What, what, what would take our marriage to another place? And we began to pray that in August, right on our anniversary time, of August of 96, well, in January of 97, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So guess what breast cancer did to our marriage? Oh, right. Her breast cancer became, and it, and it didn't one-to-one correlation, right. but the, the, the journey we walked through with her breast cancer was the answer to the prayer, take our marriage from good to great. Mm. And, and I'm telling you, the church can rest assured that God has heard every prayer we've prayed yes, and that He is answering them even though the sky's dark, the economy's crashing, and this virus is going and we don't know what's going to happen. God is still guided and He is faithfully hearing the prayers of His people and He is in this and He is answering it. 
And I think the person of faith can make that assumption with a lot of confidence. Amen. I agree completely. Amen. All right. So, Kirk, I, I want to turn your counselor hat on real quick here. Sure. So I want you to talk to that person right now that is isolated and feeling isolated. Uh, and they might feel isolated, even though they might have two or three children at their feet and a spouse across the way. Mm. Um, they may, but right now this thing is closing in around them, mm-hmm. and they're they're feeling something that's that's really affecting them spiritually and emotionally. I want you to be a counselor right now and talk to somebody like that that may be listening to this. And this is starting to get to them right? to the point that they know they're thinking thoughts that aren't thoughts God would want them to think. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, give, give us some counsel right now. Sure. You know, the first week, maybe two weeks, I think a lot of us felt, oh, this is novel. This is interesting. This is weird. This is bizarre. You know, words you might have said, this is new. This is These are uncharted waters. And then after that couple of weeks, you know, went by and we're still isolating, we're still staying at home, or maybe it's even feeling more severe. We're, we're staying home more even, you know, we're, we're doing even more of this uh, in order to follow the regulations. Uh, it, that novelty wears off. Uh, the coronavirus honeymoon, if there, if, there, <laughs> if there is such a thing, is over. And, and that newness has worn off. And now we're starting to be alone with our own thoughts a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I think what you've just described has happened not only um, not only for so many, but certain, even right here with me, and what it's caused me to think um, is about my friends uh, who are like me that might tend towards depression mm-hmm. because I have that uh, in my personality, and and what I do when I respond to pressure or respond to negativity in my mind, I go I go dark a little bit, I go quiet, mm-hmm. uh, I pull away. A lot of creatives um, a, are like that, by the way. So, right. So uh, we're speaking we, we to ten, we are ten, we tend to be wired that way. We do. Yeah, I don't know what it is. We're very internalized. We tend to, you know, do so much of our work inside our minds in terms of the creative stuff that that's that's like our solace. That's our refuge. And of course, what we know from the scripture is is that we we're not a reliable refuge for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the psalmist did say, you know, I counseled my own soul. There, there are times where we we. We, we do that. We have to because we're the only one there. But, but what we have to do is really turn our, our eyes towards the Lord. Um, and we counsel our own soul, but we do it with the truth. We do it. Mm-hmm. We tell ourselves the truth because that's the only thing that can replace the lies. So we have to be on guard if you're like me. And the truth is across the society, depression and anxiety, those are the two most common mental disorders that anyone's going to deal with at any time. So what happens in a time like this of pressure and stress is that those things are exacerbated. So if you, if you have a tendency towards being worried or being anxious, or if you have a tendency to go dark, like I'm talking about with depression or or isolator or go internal, you have to uh, be aware of that and know that a time like this will exacerbate those things. It will make them worse. So just by being aware, it's really important um, that that will help you. And, no, and, and by doing that, I think some of the best ways to combat those things coming at us, I talked about this when we did the podcast before about, you know, taking care of yourself so you can be an effective uh, ministry leader. Um, it's this idea of being aware of, of your whole health, not just your physical health, but um, your mental, your emotional, and your spiritual health as well. And when it comes to this mental, the psychology of all this, we've got to... Uh, create some things. I decided to use the word create because we are talking to a lot of creative people today. 
and and I've, I want to mention these three. Um, I think you have to create structure where maybe it doesn't exist for you or it or it, it doesn't mm-hmm. exist today like it usually does. You know, mm-hmm. you get up and you go to work in the same place every day and you do some of the same things. Well, maybe that environment has changed and you're at home or you're experiencing a reality that's so different than it was before. That can really upset the apple cart. It can really turn us around, spin us around. And we have to create some of our own structure. And you have to be a little bit disciplined to do that. Um, you know, you don't have to be the most disciplined but person in the world to do it. But you've got to create, be creative in the way that you uh, put some structure in place in your life. Decide you're going to do some of the same things at the same time every day. Yeah. Because that stability will uh, will quiet the anxious mind and it will yeah. revive the depressed mind. Yeah, so it's, it's important to create some of that structure. Secondly, create connections. And we've talked about that already. Uh, where there aren't any, where you don't have those normal connections, create them. Be creative about how you can connect with people. We've talked about the FaceTime and the Zoom and mm-hmm. seeing people's faces and hearing their voices. Find a way to do that. It may not be, na- it may not feel natural to you. Maybe technologically you feel challenged, but f- these things are really pretty simple tools. So ask somebody in your family or or somebody that knows how to do it. Help, let them help you. And find ways to connect with people. You've got to. We're not created to be isolated. We've yeah. got. We're created for relationship. We need to find creative ways to to connect with people. Plus, do it and do it with your face, uh, Zoom, FaceTime, whatever. Because, ladies and men, it it almost forces us to like. Hey, here's a novel idea. Take a shower today. You know, yeah. Like I'm gonna, be, <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna be seen by somebody. Put yeah. some makeup on. You know, do what you yeah. would normally do yeah. to be presentable to the world. Because that, just that very act, will help you to feel more like yourself and and feel like you're you're putting yourself together to, to put your best foot forward yeah. in this strange time. You know, it occurs to me the first person that we present ourselves to is ourselves. Uh, right. And, you know, which is why you make your bed every day. It's why you it's why you get ready and get dressed and and and, and prepare because you're going to see that person in the mirror. That's right. And, and that That's reflection is going to give you a sense of who you are uh, to move forward with. So that is so important. Uh, keep going, Kirk. I may I may have cut you off. I want to hear more. No. No, no, no problem. The third one in that create uh, category that I had just jotted some notes down is create beauty. You know, we're talking to people out here, a lot of them who are musicians. They might be pastors. Somebody we're talking to today may be thinking, well, this is not for me. I'm not a creative, quote unquote, you know, the way that word is thrown around these days. But you know what? I want to come against that. I, I think literally every human is a creative. Yes, um, I agree. I believe. Now, I think you know they may not be a professional. They may not be you know that may not be their vocation is to be to do something creative as their work. But we really are created in the image of God, and therefore we are creatives, all yeah. of us. Yeah. And you know we've got moms out there that are homeschooling that have never done that. They're having to be really creative yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, we have people trying to uh, create a work environment around them that works for them in this really strange time. That's creative. There's so yeah. many ways. So I want to say to everyone, create something beautiful, and that may mean something useful. You know, beauty in the scripture even is used uh, in that way. When, when Ecclesiastes, I believe, where it says God makes all things beautiful in, in their time, um, that really means practical, useful, complete, whole, 
perfect. Um, and, and those words are synonymous, and they really mean, in many ways, practically useful. So something beautiful can be useful, especially if it's something beautiful or something useful, and we do it for someone else. Yeah. So now all of a sudden yeah. we're touching on this idea that, you know, one of the ways that we really can spiral into negativity and some some dysfunction is if we're a little too focused on ourselves. Yeah. And that's easy to do in these times of isolation. So this idea of creating beauty, I want to not only say do it and do it for your own expression's sake, you know, draw something, um, make a, uh, uh, write a song. You may yeah. think, well, I've never written a song. Do it. Try it. You yeah. know, I, literally, hey, coolest thing, Mike, you know, you mentioned me being a songwriter for you guys. That's part of, that's been part of my life for a long time. My two oldest kids, yeah. in the last two days, I unprompted by me or my wife, my 11-year-old and my 9-year-old both have come to me and said, hey, I wrote this song. Wow, I love it. Neither one of them. I mean, I they know it. we write. They know that I do that. But I've never asked them to do it. They've literally come to me and said, hey, I want you to listen to something out That's of the so blue. Cool. So uh, it's you just know, happening. You know that Lifeway Worship has has exclusive uh, property ownership of those songs uh, since they're your children. <laughs> no, I'm That's kidding. Great. <laughs> I'm kidding. I feel like we needed I'll some send, levity. <laughs> I'll send you a file uh, later <laughs> today. Hey, yeah. and you know, Kirk, you you hit on something that I'm really glad you said this because this is this is something that I've experienced personally, and that is when I when I do get into that darker side of me and begin to look at my future and I'm worried about this or that. I, one of the fastest paths for me out of that is when I think of someone who's dealing with something that's even more profound and I start praying for that person. And then if I find a specific way I can minister to them or help them, it, it is one of the most refreshing things to my spirit is when I do lift my eyes off my circumstance and become concerned and get underneath the burden that someone else is experiencing. And that is that just that just reinforces something in me and it and it's one of the one of the ways that uh, that I think the Lord refreshes us is when we refresh others. Um, no question about it. No I love question. That. Yeah. And you know, I, I heard somebody say it this way, why would God give you anything that you're not going to be willing to share? Um, oh, and yeah. so if I if I want to be encouraged, if I need to be encouraged from the Lord, uh, man, one of the fastest ways I can receive encouragement from him is to be a big encouragement to someone else. And and if God if I'm going to give encouragement, the Lord's going to make sure I have plenty of it on hand. Um, and Amen. so that, that just that. feeds my soul. Kirk, right. I, I have a feeling we could do this all day long, but you've got children to feed and and songs to write, and um, and and I do too. I, I do want to I do want to kind of give this thought, maybe the last our closing thought here, is talk to that person who, and this has been my experience, because I have moved my work environment home, and I don't have that clear point of demarcation of my work and my family. Yeah, I'm finding. I have found a few weeks into this thing that I'm really working too much. That that right. life for me has become I'm just at work all the time. Um, do you have any suggestions for somebody like me who who you know before I always took Jimmy Draper's advice. Jimmy Draper told me many years ago. Um, let that door frame of your house be the place that you transition into the world where your most important work is going to begin at the end of every day. And I've always taken that advice to heart. 
So now I don't have that physical experience of crossing the threshold of my house. Right. Um, and so I'm finding, man, I'm finding that I'm, I'm working too much. So do you have any I have for found me? that too. I do. And for myself, I, I, I found the exact same thing to be true. You know, instead of, instead of maybe for somebody out there, a 30 minute drive to yeah. your office, you have a 30 second walk, you know, yeah. across the living room. I would say one thing, number one would be dedicate space if you can, yeah. so that you can actually, you use the word demarcation. You've got a literal physical boundary there where if you can close a door and have, maybe it's a guest room, maybe you don't have an office at home, but it's a space that's, you know, pretty quiet most of the day. And you can tell your kids, this is, this, this isn't your spot. You know, this is my yeah. spot you know, dad or mom, we need to go to this place and, and be able to be at work right here. Yeah. Um, you know, try and do that best you can. Try to carve out some space that's dedicated to it. That way, when you go there, that's what you're doing when you're there. Yeah. When you leave there, you're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Um, then maybe it's the doorframe of that room that is what Jimmy Draper, you know, encouraged yeah. you about. It, yeah. If you can cross that threshold, that could be it. Yeah. But number number two would be, it's a time issue. You know, it's you, time just is passing so strangely these days yeah. um, for all of us. It's it's not what it typically is. So that's part of what I said before about creating structure. You've got to be creative and do it yourself. Do it for yourself and do it for the sake of your family. Um, you know, one thing I've tried to do uh, in these weeks is a little more than maybe I have in the past, and I'm, I'm not proud to say it. I might bring my phone to the dinner table or the lunch table, mm-hmm. you know, in the past. Yeah. Uh, maybe the best thing to do is to silence it and leave it in that workspace or leave it in another room when you're doing family time. And one of the blessings of this is I've eaten lunch with my family, you know, and you know, my kids and my wife a lot, you know, um, most of the days that I've been home. So I'll leave that workspace and come and have a meal time without my phone next to me. Um, and, and do that again, you know, at five or six o'clock at night when I'm trying to set my work aside and, and be back in, in family mode. Um, just try to set every, every distraction aside so that you can really um, focus in on the people that are right in front of you and, and that need you the most in that moment. So I know that's, that sounds so simple, and I'm sure everybody's already thought those thoughts, but just kind of make yourself do it um, and, and do your best to flip that switch um, mentally and emotionally, but, but you have to do some physical things um, as cues so that your mind and your emotions go where you lead, lead them to go. I think the thing you said just now that helps me the most is uh, walk away from the screens. You know, we, this whole yes. concept of screen time is something people are getting really more sensitive to. And maybe that's one of the positives that all of us are going to benefit from is we've become aware how, uh, uh, how screen oriented our lives have become. And I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get outside every day and I'm trying to, if I'm not running, yes. I'm walking or something and I'm seeing more and more families outside. Uh, Me too. I and, love that. And that's I love so good that. for us. And maybe we're learning something here, but you know, it might just be, uh, that, that we turn our computer off, that we close the laptop, that we put the phone over somewhere else for a period of time. Uh, and, uh, and that's, that's a great word of advice. Kirk, you've been so helpful, bro. I, I tell you what, I don't, I don't know who else is going to hear this and be encouraged by it, but I've been helped today. 
Uh, just well, to talk me too. All this, thanks. Talk this thanks for the conversation. And once again, as always, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm an expert here. Um, I think the, the important thing is that we're still who God has created us to be, even in this crazy time. So all the same things that we've always needed are, are same. You know, they're the same. They're true yeah. today, like they were four or five months ago. We, we need each other. We need to. We need the Lord. We need to uh, express and, and declare our dependence on God. And my prayer every day is that at the end of this, whatever that looks like, you know, when this is kind of blown past us and, and there's some sense of normal, that normal is not what it was before. God, yeah. let us be better when this blows over than we were before. Let yes. us not have yes. wasted this crisis. You yes. know, God, speak into it. Change us. And let us be better husbands, better fathers, better you know parents uh, for the women listening, better wives yes. and, and mothers. Let us be better ministers. Let us under uh, bring to light the things that boy we've needed uh, this time to see better uh, and more clearly, so that we're just more useful to you, God, and your kingdom. That's uh, so and awesome. that's my prayer for our brothers and sisters out there listening. You know, someday this is going to be over. Yeah. And, uh, and man, I don't want to go through this again. So <laughs> let, yeah. let's learn, let's, let's learn grow, it. let's learn whatever this is. Let's learn, let's grow, let's develop. And, uh, and man, Amen. one of these days, we'll just be encouraged with this final thought. One of these days, we're going to be in a place where there are no viruses mm. and there's no quarantine. <laughs> and we're going to be there forever and ever and ever. And, uh, and we long for that day, too. We're not home so, yet. We're not, we're not home, home yet. yet. That's right. And this is the temporary part. Kirk, you've encouraged us today. God bless you. Thanks for chatting. Thank you. Love you, Mike. Love you, too. Bye, buddy. Well, we really hope you enjoyed today's special podcast, part two of the conversation on mental health with Kirk Kirkland, licensed professional counselor. You can reach Kirk uh, by emailing kirk.kirkland at judsonbaptist.com. That's kirk.kirkland at judsonbaptist.com. As always, you can email us, worship at lifeway.com. We always want to hear from you. Let us know how we can pray for you. You can join us at worshiplife.com. Find all the blogs, podcasts there, and a bunch of other great information on worship and music and church. And as always, on social media, you can find us there as well. Until next time, for Mike Harlan, this is Brian Brown saying thanks for joining us on the Worship Life podcast with Mike Harlan. We'll be back together again to talk about worship and music in ministry very soon.